The facts. In a talent market that is more competitive and less understood than any other time in history, it's the facts that matter. Welcome to Start Smart, the podcast that delivers the facts, the latest research and data on the key issues and opportunities facing talent acquisition and HR professionals. This is Peter Weddle, and I'm joined by Shalila Gray. Welcome to Start Smart, the podcast that's all about the facts, the latest research and data defining the field of talent acquisition. Again, my name's Peter Weddle. I'm the CEO of TA Tech. And I'm Shalila Gray, the Vice President of Global Talent Acquisition at Quadient. Between the two of us, we try to take a look at all of this research and data and make some sense out of it by looking at it from our two respective perspectives. Shalila, of course, looks at it from the employer's perspective, and I take a look at it from the talent technology solution provider perspective. Today, we're going to discuss a report from Aptitude Research entitled The Rise of Text Recruiting and the Business Impact. Almost sounds like it could be a movie, Shalila. (laughs) Okay, so Again, we're going to talk about a report from Aptitude Research, the title being The Rise of Text Recruiting and the Business Impact. The report is based on a survey of 328 responses, so a fairly small data set, but they're from TA and HR vice presidents, recruiters, sourcers, and IT professionals. They've been supplemented with interviews with select TA and HR leaders. Uh, The data were collected this year, so it's uh, pretty fresh, and it comes from individuals in a range of companies, 18% from SMBs, uh, 22% from companies in with 1 to 4,999 employees, and all of the rest from companies with 5,000 or more employees. So the data is skewed just a bit towards larger enterprises. Okay, here we go. We're going to talk about three of the key findings. Finding number one, employers are facing a candidate communication crisis. The report contends that prior to the pandemic, real progress was being made in providing more timely and helpful communications to candidates. These efforts, again, according to the report, went a long way towards humanizing the recruiting process and personalizing each candidate's experience. It wasn't perfect, that's for sure but it did lead to fewer complaints about the resume black hole and employers' lack of transparency. But all of that momentum came to a screeching halt during the pandemic, and apparently companies have now reverted to traditional behavior. Here are the facts from the report. Over half of the individuals who have been screened out of consideration for a job So they didn't make the cut. 58% say they never got a communication from the employer to that effect. They were just left dangling, I guess. Worse, 62% of hourly workers say they never get any response at all from employers when they apply for a job. Now, one of the main drivers for the situation, according to Aptitude, is flagging morale among recruiters. One in three of the respondents... Uh, among recruiters, are looking to leave their current employer, and 30%, so again, almost a third, 
feel that they are more burned out now than they were a year ago. So what do you think, Shalila? Are employers facing a candidate communication crisis? And if they are, what's driving it? There's several things here. Most of our applicant tracking systems were designed to be able to do communications when candidates are dispositioned. When you have lower candidate flow, which is what we had coming out of COVID, because we all have this, you know, more jobs than we have candidates, people are likely to hold on to a candidate in the database longer and not give them communication because they don't know what the eventual outcome is going to be. You know, my, my opinion is when a candidate applies for a job, if they're, if they're not qualified, they should be instantly disqualified so they know instantaneously, I'm not the one, we, we like you, but for this job, you're not that. You push that, you do that disposition in your applicant tracking system, they automatically get a note, note saying that. Um, many of our ATSs were designed now so candidates can actually log in with their home and go in there and see where they are in the process. So I don't, I don't believe it's the technology. I believe it's, it's us uh, being unsure of the talent market and holding on to candidates longer. But there is a, another reality, and the reality is, is that uh, what's in that report is many of us are working with less recruiters than we had before. Some of our industries furloughed people during, during COVID, uh, or they got rid of them altogether. I mean, they were, it felt like the long goodbye. I kept seeing notices out there on LinkedIn of recruiters losing their jobs. I mean, most recently we saw that... Um, that uh, Twitter got rid of a large part of uh, its uh, recruitment group. So I think that uh, we're losing recruiters and the ones that we have have got to be fully engaged because candidate experience never went away. It never went away. Yeah, I, I would argue that we really don't have a communication problem. We have a priority problem. We, we don't have enough recruiters, as you were saying, and even in the companies that have enough recruiters, uh, they're so overworked, they're so overloaded that they haven't got the time to really uh, focus on what they know to be a good behavior. And that is to communicate clearly about uh, a person's status and uh, what happens next uh, in the recruiting process. So it, it seems to me that, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I well, would you even call it a crisis at this point? Is, is it a is it I do. so bad I that do. we're losing? Yeah, I do yep. because here's what I'm going to say. Um, hiring has always been about a relationship. The candidate's going to got to want, got to believe that the opportunity that you're availing to them is the right one for them. They they want to park. They want to be in a in a place where they're valued and respected and rewarded, and recognized in the right place. So part of that is developing that relationship with them early on. And we've shown that time and time again, when you show the candidate journey, that those interactions with the candidate make a difference. And I know sometimes I have lost candidates to other people and I've asked them if, you know, if I meet your money, if, you know, if everything is, you know, Sarah's Paribus, we've got equal money and similar job, will you choose me? And sometimes they'll say no because they did this in the process, they offered this in the process. So they are differentiators around relationships. You, you think about it when a player gets uh, recruited uh, for uh, the top colleges, right? They do, you know, the coaches don't just um, send them a tape of here's what it's like to go to University of Kentucky or University of Carolina. They, uh, they go to their homes, they meet with their coaches, they meet with their families because it's a sell. It, it truly is a sell. And right now, 
the recruiters are spread thin. They, you know, they have less than they've had before. And so they are spending less time on the cell. And it could be because I believe that our uh, acceptance rates are going down. So what I mean by that is the number of candidates it takes to get a yes has gone up. There's been a lot of talk about what's going on in the job market. And and I don't think we truly understand how all of these various dynamics are affecting candidate behavior. I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is, at least according to the DOL JOLTS report, there are uh, probably now about two job openings for every one job seeker. Um, and, uh, you know, we have an unemployment rate at 3.7%, uh, when the federal reserve defines full employment as somewhere between five and 5.2%. So this is a zero sum, uh, talent market in, in many respects. Um, and I think candidates, uh, are less likely to be tolerant of being what they perceive to be ignored having a lack of communication, having a lack of, uh, of being disrespected, not even having the, the courtesy of letting a person know where they are in the process. I also think that we focused in a lot before COVID around, uh, with many companies focused around shortening the process, making it quicker, easier to get through. And now we've gone back to what we did before, which is it's taking longer to get some candidates through. We're losing candidates. And also the phenomenon I think has gotten bigger is ghosting, candidates ghosting us. I mean, I have sat on calls where a candidate scheduled for a video and they not showed up. Okay, so we agree then. We do have a we do have a communications crisis. Uh, so the question now, of course, is how do we fo- how do we solve it? How do we fix it? And that brings us to finding number two, and I would characterize this as Marshall McLuhan got it right. The medium is the message. At least that seems to be the view of the majority of the responding employers in this study. As Aptitude puts it, quote, traditional forms of communication, including email, can negatively impact employer brand, provide a poor candidate experience, and prevent recruiters from reaching their hiring goals. That's the end uh, end quote. And here are the facts from the research to support that view. 68% of the surveyed companies are rethinking their approach to candidate communications this year. One of the drivers for that consideration is candidate behavior with regard to email. According to the survey's respondents, only 43%, so fewer than half of the candidates bother to even read their email messages from recruiters. So as they're reconsidering their approach to communications, the 68% of companies that are thinking about how to do it better, you know, there's been plenty of research about candidates growing reliance on mobile devices. In fact, this study found that almost two thirds of those in the survey, 62% said they were using their mobile device more this year than last. So according to uh, according to the research, you know, employers are saying, hey, if that's the truth, if that's what's happening, if that's reality, then text seems to be the way to go. What do you think, Shirley? Like, can we solve this communications crisis by simply changing the medium that we use to distribute our messages? Or do we need to do something else? 
One, it depends upon the audience because I found um, working in organizations that have manufacturing operations, distribution, people that are not tied to a computer all day long, texting does work better. It's more instantaneous because they have their phones. Um, when it comes to other populations of people, and it also works really well instantaneous, not even text, Instagram, you know, you know, all those mediums work well with college students. They're used to that kind of communication. When it comes to the vast majority of jobs, um, I'm going to say when I have done, because I've done SMS campaigns to look at response rates, a lot of times, depending on the sector, they don't even open the text because they don't know where it's coming from. They don't know if it's a virus. They, they just don't open those kind of messages. Uh, the second piece is, is for many of our companies, we want to track all communication with the candidate. Can't track those texts. You can't add them to the job file. You can't put that log in there to show the paper trail that goes along with the process. Um, so I'm going to say yes and no. And I've tried all kinds. I mean, I looked at, because uh, I have a large international population, I looked at WhatsApp, right? Because that's the way a lot of my, my international colleagues that I converse. But when I looked at, uh, for them, when we talked to them about, you know, can I use them, whatever, they have so GDPR restraints around it. It didn't make WhatsApp, you know, viable for me as a recruiter. I mean, it just, I couldn't use it. And so I, I, I do think that whenever you send communication and it's not person-to-person um, -person contact, it has a tone. And when it has a tone, who, who I am and where I'm at that moment is how I read it. So if I've interviewed, uh, if I have gone through six interviews with a company or five interviews or flown in or you know, had to go through an assessment, and you send me a text to say I didn't get the job, or you send me an email to say I didn't get the job, that doesn't work. I mean, if you think about relationships, no one wants to get broken up by a text or an email. <laughs> right. If you've invested time in it, it just it feels impersonal. It feels like my time wasn't worth it. So I, I, I hear the instantaneousness of these you know, modes of communication, but think about it. Has anybody ever said, oh, my gosh, they sent me a letter. How impersonal. They, people feel like they took time to write it, type it or whatever. Same thing as when we move from letters to email. They spent the time to type it, send it to me and put some time and effort into it. Um, but I'm, I'm going to say these instantaneous pieces where people don't use complete sentences. Things are very, very brief. Um, I think it's OK to schedule a candidate. It's OK to say hi, I saw your resume. I'm not going to ask them to do anything on there because they don't know who I am. I'm sort of like a stalker at that point. But I think it's okay as a point in time, very quick piece. But it is not a means of communication through the process unless the candidate says, I want to opt in. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what we have to realize is that there is no one size fits all. And there is no one medium that can cover all of the various stages that we have put a person through in the recruiting process. I mean, as you were just saying, if if we have asked a individual to engage with us for a fair amount of time through multiple interviews and and a great deal of discussion with the recruiter, you know, a a, a quick and easy text message isn't gonna uh, isn't going to be the way to tell him or her, sorry, the the job just isn't right for you. Uh, so and I I also think, you know, that there are cohorts of the population where email c 
continues to be the primary means of communication. So uh, text, yes, uh, for certain cohorts, as you were saying, particularly uh, a younger population um, and particularly early in the recruiting process where you haven't asked people to to invest a lot of time and effort. But uh, also you don't want to just leave uh, all of the traditional means of communication behind. Absolutely. And I'll say, I talked to a manager the other day. It was interesting. This is a manager who's younger than I am. And he was offended because the candidate didn't send him a thank you after the interview. And I said, really? And I said, um, the candidate was quite young. And I said, they might not know that that was used to be protocol to send you an email saying thank you for the interview, especially when they came through a search firm. But I said, would a text have worked? And he said, absolutely not. And I said, I said, but they're telling you, you know, they're telling you, thank you for the interview. It's not a long dialogue. They're not like, you know, so thank you should be enough. But, but he was offended because he didn't get communication after he spent time. And I said, I don't think anybody's teaching kids today to, to send a thank you note, to send a, to send an e- email after an interview. I just don't. Yeah. Well, so there's room for improvement on, on both ends. But I mean, I, I, I don't want to uh, overpaint the picture here. Uh, a text clearly does have its advantages, as you were saying. It's a much more timely uh, connection. And I, I, the report makes a good point that in some cases, a text message can feel more personal, can feel more like the recruiter is dealing directly with the individual rather than shooting out a you know a, an email blast that everybody gets sort of the same I'm going to say when, when, if I apply for a job and I get a text within a half hour, I'm very impressed. I don't even think I don't even think about the medium. I think about the message and is that you got back to me that quickly after seeing my profile. That's what I'm thinking when I see those kind of things. Yeah. OK, so finding number three, and I think this is the, the culmination of where we've been. We have this crisis. We do need to consider uh an alternative medium to to add to our kit bag of communications tools, that being text. Uh, so the last finding is that effective communications are the foundation for effective recruiting. That would seem, you know, to be a fairly obvious statement. Uh, but as we were saying earlier, uh, you know, recruiters today are bogged down. There aren't enough of them. So they're bogged down with sourcing and screening candidates and scheduling interviews and that leaves them with precious little time for the really important stuff like connecting and engaging with top prospects. Uh, and yet, we, you know, we know that kind of stuff is really important, especially in a highly competitive talent market. So I think a rule of thumb is all other things being equal, the recruiter who gets their message read is likely to be the recruiter who wins the competition. And aptitude, I think, uh, says that changing the medium that employers use will provide that advantage. It's more likely to be read by candidates. And here's the data that they provide. Companies that use text for candidate communications are four times more likely to see candidates respond in the first two minutes. And they're two times more likely to fill their openings in the first two weeks that the job has been posted. In addition, 66% of the surveyed candidates said that they would respond back to a recruiter over text. Compare that with the 43% of candidates said they don't even bother to read uh, email messages from recruiters. So what do you think, Shalila? 
you know, we've been kicking this around. Let's let's put it out bluntly. Is text, you know, sort of the next frontier in candidate communications? See, I disagree with that because I believe when it says, you know, I do believe that more many more of us are doing cold calling, which is contacting people who we don't have a relationship with, a direct relationship with. But I'm going to say that, you know, when I look at the data, for example, from a LinkedIn, you know, I meet with them on a quarterly basis to look at my my results and I compare myself to other companies. There's a high rate response rate of candidates on LinkedIn who don't know you, who respond back to your emails. And that's because they can go out there and look at your profile and see who you are and kind of research you. When I get a text, it's like anything else. If I get a text and I don't know you, I don't know how likely I am to like click in to you know to get in touch to get, you know touch with you. Now, if if as a recruiter I say to you in the process after my phone screen and you like me and I like you going forward, would it be quicker for me or easier for me or better for me to text? email or phone you in the future and the candidate says text me then you say to them fine here's the number you should see get text from so you'll know who it is that comes in or i'll identify myself when i when i text you that's an opt-in but I, I i think i i i struggle with this piece that everyone blanketly will respond equally to the text as a, as a medium i do believe technology has changed the process of me having to type a letter up, put a stamp on it, mail it to you, call you, wait for you to call me back, because many people do not do voicemail anymore. Voicemail is gone the way of the world. Um, so I do believe it is. it has its place in the process as a quick and dirty way to do very short transactions, but it is not something that I think the process can be built upon. It's not a good foundation. You know, I think that's a great idea to actually – maybe potentially even put in uh, the job posting itself. You know, uh, we want to keep you apprised of your status. How would you like to be communicated with? Uh, it, it shows that the company is trying to build that relationship you were talking about, cares about what the person wants, their preferences in terms of how they want to be uh, communicated with. And then, as you were saying, they know how the company is going to get back to them, whether it's going to be text or email or uh, Pony Express. So uh, I, I think that's a great a great suggestion. I was also surprised by I think I read this pie chart correctly. Uh, it, you know, it said uh, how many uh, it was a, a, a summary of results of a survey of employers. And it's, you know, one of the major findings of the report was that 40 percent of employers have increased their use of text uh, based on the data collected. But according to the same pie chart, 42% of that population actually said they had decreased the use of text and another 14%. Uh, so the total being what, uh, 56% uh, didn't use it at all. Uh, so they either had decreased it, 56% had either decreased their use or weren't using it at all. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I think in fairness, Texas is obviously uh, much more advantageous for certain cohorts of the population. Certainly it's going to get more use, but it's still got a ways to go in terms of acceptance among the recruiter population. Yes, as I, as I said, you know, one of the things is trackability. 
you have to track all those messages on on the phone. There was a, there was a couple of, of, of uh, technology platforms out there I used a couple of years ago when I actually moved from um, one African tracking system to the other. What I did was I moved from one to the other, which meant you know there's, no, there's only a couple of ways you can do it. You can move all your candidates over, which most people don't do, or you can invite re-invite people to apply because that way you look at people who are still in the market because the people in your ATS could have been there a long time. So we did that. We did. We shut down the website. We did a thing on our website. The website was going to be down. It was going to be out under construction. Jobs were being put on hold. We wanted you to rejoin. The way we re-entered the market was that we sent a text to all of our candidates that had been in the database saying that we were now back up on um, back up online. Uh, something very quick and dirty. Hi, this is such and such company. We're back online. Love to reconnect with you, whatever. I was really surprised about, you know, some of them, the number was incorrect. So we got that, we pulled that number out of the sample size, whatever. But I was just surprised about how many people never opened the text. Because, you know, the company that did it showed me how many people never opened the text. Then there were some people, you know, that clicked on it, said yes or no, wire in and opted out. But I was just surprised at how many people didn't do it. And what they told me at the time was that's very common in a text from something they don't know. And how long ago was that? 2018 was when I was changing. Uh, I was changing applicant tracking systems. Yeah. Very interesting. Because because my ad agency said that's a quick and dirty way, as opposed to send an email out to the whole database to send them all a text to say, "Hey, you're back online. Check us out," and then you know do some other stuff. And um, I was just surprised because I I paid for every click. Whoever I used, I paid for the click. So I had budgeted because I just assumed, you know, I said, you know, maybe 10 percent of the population would would click on it. And then, you know, X percentage would you know rejoin the talent community. And it was less than that, much less than that. Well, there you go. Real world data. OK, well, that concludes our discussion today. It's a great report, again, from Aptitude Research, uh, the rise of text recruiting and the business impact. So uh, do uh, if you want to read the whole report, do visit uh, Aptitude Research's site uh, and download the report. For our next show, we're going to take a look at a, uh, a report from Aspect 43, the Talent Acquisition Technology 2022 Market Guide, uh, a really interesting research effort by that company about uh, well, just where the market is in terms of talent technology uh, and where it's likely to be going. So we'll look forward to having you back again next time. In the meantime, this is Peter Weddle and Shalila Gray saying thanks very much for joining us here at Start Smart, the podcast that focuses on the facts. That concludes this episode of Start Smart. Thanks very much for joining us and come back for our next episodes on the latest research that will help you shape your talent acquisition with the facts. See you then.